this is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the Kale Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. I am Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Joshua Broncoli. Woo! Ooh. Josh, mystery Josh appearance. And also today we have a very special guest, Kira from EGD. Anthony, you want to give her the list her accomplishments? Yeah, let me, t- <laughs> okay, let me put it this way. Kira could, could, could technically be the most underrated CEO in history. It may go down as such, Kira. Uh, EGD, for as some of you... Actually, you know what? Josh, do you want to introduce EGD? Do you want to say how it's impacted your life? We've already had Ben Rubin, Mr. CFO, Mr. Dandy, currently in stream right now. If you're listening, by the way, we go live on Twitch. You're really missing a good one. There's four cameras on right now, and it's extremely good. Um Anyway, we've had Ben from EGD, and we've talked about EGD before. But, Josh, do you want to introduce EGD's fearless leader? Uh, Well, sure, I guess. Uh, so, goodness, I'm not used to being on camera. You're doing great. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, so, uh, EGD is a, what would you call it, a program uh, organization. An organization that helps... Uh, collective you could call it collective uh, organizations are more broad than collective but yeah so it, it that helps connect uh students with uh resources that can help them kind of break into the games industry uh so this uh here i don't know if my hand is, is this the wrong right but wrong 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 way. over over here over here on this side is uh kira who is the ceo and founder of the EGDC, uh, who can definitely do a better job of explaining than I can. Uh, so job, sorry man. to put you on the spot, but yeah, Kira, can you please introduce yourself to our community? Um, and also, if you want to, your store, like, kind of how you started, did you know how EGD started, and that's why a you long designed... story. So I hope we've got. <laughs> we, we do have ready. ninety minutes, but it's a long story. <laughs> We're ready. Um, I hope Josh's chicken nugget game is in there somewhere. Oh, it's not in the origin oh, no. story, but it is a highlight of. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm Kira Wills Umdenstock, and I'm the CEO and founder of the EGD Collective, which is a nonprofit organization uh, that creates community equity and leaders of character through games. And in a not advertising speak, we basically help a lot of college students. Um, find their way through college and discover what they want to do, um, whether that's inside the games industry or outside of the games industry in any field. As long as people like games, they're welcome to be in our space. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. That last um, part. Yeah, we're we're open to the public. So even for people that aren't currently in college, they're welcome to be in our space. We just mainly cater to college students. And also our definition of college is very broad. Like we include trade school, anybody that's really studying after high school. Gotcha. So why did you decide to uh, 
do such a thing, you know? Why, or how, how did it start? Did you start it? Did somebody else start it and you took over? How did that work? Uh, so I started it and it definitely didn't have as, I guess, noble of aspirations as it does now back when I did start it. Um, originally, it was founded as a college club or was trying to be a college club. It wasn't exactly chartered through the school officially for a few years um, due to a myriad of reasons. But I... Originally, when I was freshman at Hunter College in like 2016, um, I wanted to start a game design club because I was studying game design and I knew that I wanted to find other like-minded people. And the only game-centric club that existed at the time was the Fighting Games Association. And I remember going down there as a freshman and walking in and everyone was like really silent and like staring at their computers and like you know, just mashing buttons and nobody was really paying attention to the fact that I walked in the room and then somebody won. People started screaming, throwing controllers, saying slurs, and then they finally noticed that I was there and they started staring at me like I was some foreign object because I was female looking. And I slowly backed out of there and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own club. You know, it's gonna be not this. Whatever this is, it's gonna be not that. And um so while it was really just a I guess a social club slash academic-ish club. Um, it did have the vibe of welcoming everyone regardless of who they were and how they fit into the games industry or gaming. Um, I knew that I wanted it to be an inclusive space and um, that was a value that we had since the very beginning. Um, in the beginning, there was just a lot of playing games at night on Fridays and sometimes Mondays in a random classroom. Um and that's all we did. And then after like two years, that's when we really started to hone in on what exactly we were doing and started running workshops and um, running the game studio program. Um, that actually started when we were still a club. Um, but soon after starting programs like that and then um, a lot of the other things that we do, like academic advising and um, helping students with financial aid and all of that, we kind of resembled a department more than a club. And that's when we really just started to morph into a nonprofit. Um, so it was a five-year journey, I would say. Um, now that's crazy. If if I can jump in there, stuff like financial aid is not sexy whatsoever. Like starting <laughs> starting a game design club sounds fun, right? Like game design's fun. Um, playing, not you know, like you were saying, playing games with friends. What? motivated you and how did you execute that like is that something literally you did did you get a team together to do stuff like that like that's i don't know that's some serious stuff <laughs> while i did have a team back when we were still a club i definitely was the one spearheading most of those sort of initiatives i kind of always see these different holes and what was missing and i tried to find solutions to them and so i noticed that nobody knew that we had game design classes at hunter so i started academically advising everyone in the club for free when um, during my free time um i noticed that a lot of students were struggling with um like mental health issues and things like that so i like read up on all of the different um programs that hunter college had and where to direct people to um or like how to register with the office of accessibility if you need disability accommodations or how to change your major and all the other things that people weren't really telling the students um there's not really a lot there's not good academic advising or really guidance of any kind at hunter and definitely it's in cuny as a whole but it's really really bad at hunter um and that's for a whole 
other myriad of reasons, including, you know, funding for CUNY. But um, because students don't have this guidance and CUNY is like a majority of uh, first generation college students, like they don't have guidance from their parents either. And so it's it's a reason why not a lot of students graduate. And so that's why we started taking on this and just figuring out how to help students they'd come to us with a problem and we would just figure out how to help them the best we could um with the resources that we had that's insanely amazing (laughs) uh i i mean just doing that work even for profit sounds unappealing like even more like even more impressive than you did like seriously that's that's amazing i I think some people enjoy helping others i I can't relate (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um th- that's crazy now you mentioned for a moment there's a josh has told us about when he was in there there was this moment there was this period of time where egd um wasn't like supported by the school right like you, technically technically interesting like, like can you tell us yeah. a little bit more about that and how do you navigate that because uh you guys still meet on campus right yes so in the very beginning, um, we weren't chartered. We weren't recognized at all by the school for two years. Um, the first year, um, I didn't know that you could charter a club or apply to charter a club in the spring semester. So I was waiting until the fall, so my sophomore year, to apply. And then we got denied in the fall because the Fighting Games Club existed. And at that time, you could only have 100 clubs on campus at once. Mm. Um and they cited that the reason was for funding, but um, we basically just, at that point, I found a lot of other clubs that were also getting denied for the same reasons that were games adjacent or games related. Mm-hmm. So the League of Legends club, the Melee team, the Dungeons and Dragons club, the Emerging Media club, we all kind of linked up and we were just like, we're going to merge together into a super organization and try to appeal the decision. And so I was sifting through CUNY bylaws, just trying to find loopholes. And we tried to do the appeal and they still said no after that, but we ran anyway, thanks to the theater department. Um, they had just gotten a new building because somebody rich and famous that ended up getting like um, a Tony award or something uh, went to Hunter and then was giving a lot of money back to their theater department. So they got a whole new brand new building and they hadn't finished moving into it yet. And so um, I asked the new chair of the theater department if we could use the space and they had like an empty closet with a broken light that wasn't getting used and like can we store our stuff there because currently we were using the space for our events at night but we were lugging TVs back and forth from main campus because um, if you're not familiar with Hunter most of it is connected by sky bridges across like 68th Street Lexington Avenue but okay. this building since it was brand new was separate. And it was down the street, but that was too far for a lot of Hunter students because they were so used to not having to go outside. It was um, very confusing. Yeah, and so a lot of trying to find didn't the place even was know hard. where we were. <laughs> um, but because it was so off the grid, um, nobody was using it yet, and so the theater department was like, yeah, sure, you can use the space. Um, I basically sat down, I'm like, you know, theater's a form of storytelling, games are a form of storytelling, we're all starving artists just trying to make it in this world. He's like, yes, I agree with you, VR is the way of the future. But as long as you can tell me that theater will always be the best form of storytelling, you can have the space. And I'm like, we'll agree to disagree. But (laughs) we were able to run out of that building for uh, almost three years before we outgrew the space. 
um, just because we started like tracking like a hundred students a night during our meetings, wow. taking over two floors. And wow. so the theater department was also slowly moving into the building. And so there was like, you know, some clashing there because we needed space and they needed space and it was their building. So we knew that we were going to get evicted eventually from the space. Um, but one of the main problems was even after you are recognized by the school, you can't get space for three years. Um, well, you can't even apply for space for three years. It's not guaranteed after three years. Um, and it was three years of being a real club. And so in 2018, we got approved to charter. So it was about a year after running, um, after attempting to charter. And we found out not much had changed. We had $500 the school gave us for 500 students wow. as our budget for the year. <laughs> um, we had no space. So we were still running out of the theater department's building. Um and I ended up just like approaching companies for sponsorships and things. Um, and succeeding. Yeah, and succeeding. Gonna, yeah. I was going to say, fast forward to today, we just went to EGD Con. Is that? No, at Waffle you? Games. Waffle Games. Waffle yeah. Games. We just went to Waffle Games. Tons of sponsors, but a ton of industry talent there as well. Um, I, man, I don't know. The, it, it, we we heard G Fuel. Ben was telling us G Fuel even got Yeah, involved. that was your second Isn't Waffle that? Games at G Fuel. And that's, that was when we were still a club, so. That's impressive. They they are from what I've heard historically not like super easy to get sponsorship from, so I don't know. They actually approached us, so it was very oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're based on Long Island, so it did help that they're local. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. So when's the EGD G Fuel flavor coming out? I know. <laughs> and what would it taste we, like? We, like? Yeah, that's true. What would we've the gone, I feel like we've gone through every like? energy drink. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've had, like, Coke Energy. We've had Game Fuel, G Fuel. Like, they're all, they they're, all have The target market's us. trapped right there in the conference room. It's easy pickings. <laughs> they got a sponsorship opportunity. What would an EGD G Fuel taste like? Okay. What would the flavor be? It's up to you. I don't know. I feel ro- it feels like it would be wrong to say chicken nuggets, but that is <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's our main food that's around here. You wow, know, that sounds awful. Yeah, even before the chicken nugget dating sim that was made, like so, chicken nuggets were a meme for the longest time in the space. And let's still not are, let Josh. Let's not let Josh escape from that one. What was your story specifically with Josh? Uh, because Kira told me she's got some stories about oh, Mr. Broncoli. Josh stories. <laughs> and no, oh, you no. know, we, I don't even really super remember the chicken nugget sim um, story good enough from when Ben said it. So feel free to say that one. So, yeah, oh, no, I, 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 Josh came in towards like the end of our second year. So like the fir- it was the first year that we had been attempting to charter and we were running out of the theater department building. Um, and he came in towards the tail end, so we actually just started doing workshops and things like that. Um, and I actually have a video from then when oh. I was re- for our first workshop ever. So it was the um, right now we call it Friday Night Mashup. We have usually three events happening at once, usually in the same space. And now, right now, they're virtual. Um, and our very first one, I was running an intro to game design theory type workshop, and we were doing like magic circle and rules and all of that good stuff. And I have them make slash play a game of dodgeball generally in it because like if you remember back to a lot of childhood games you're usually making up a lot of rules um, on the spot and so I basically gave them a free-for-all with the dodgeballs and I'm just like you know you come up with your own rules and they were making it up as they were playing like okay here's a line here if you sit in the chair you're like you know immune to getting hit and people were like 
doing all these crazy barriers, and then you just see Josh hopping around inside a cardboard box, using it as a, a tank. shield, and <laughs> I have it tank. on video. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh my we'll gosh. that from you for a future yes. Anthony Instagram meme. Oh, that oh. is perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I remember he, you know, um, he was in with the, like the league kids, and that wasn't really my theme, but I knew of them and what was going on there because I was run- I was in charge of it, and um, in with the league kids, I- the I'm league a bronzy, kids. so uh, yeah, like I mean, well, back they then, didn't know, back then. they didn't know yet, so <laughs> no, no, even then, like we tried really hard to be an inclusive space, and so one mm-hmm. of the things that we did was we had. As long as you had the time to commit to being on a team, we would make a team. Um, so we had teams like for League because it was like the most popular game. We had teams like A through G at one point, <laughs> um, wow. with A being like our varsity players, like you know masters and stuff. And then um, G was like we even had like unranked bronze people and <laughs> playing in a team back then. Um, but we we tried to keep that keep that going and so we had specific officers to oversee like varsity and junior varsity and then they called it jv2 which was like for like golden under people um and that's and that's what ran um but i i I do remember him coming in for the first time because of the whole macaulay student (laughs) meme (laughs) that is he? I, I thought you went to Hunter. I did. So, so Macaulay is like the honors. It's like the, it's honors, like the high uh, honors. Yeah. Mr. Honors. So there's Josh. there there's like there's like honors at Hunter, and then there's like Macaulay, which is like a step above, where like they Ooh, you know they, a you step get free above. tuition and uh? step above, quote unquote, quote unquote, it, step it's above. Not to, like in terms of in terms of prestige, it is yeah, very in prestigious. Prestige, in, terms in terms of, of what you actually do. It's more or less the same. Oh, that was the same as yeah. me. I was in an honors program in college where, like, you literally got into it, and then you took, like, one class a year that was ran out of the program. That was, One of them, it was ran by some lady who taught us meditation, and that was, like, <laughs> what I did for lear- for oh. my scholarship. So I get it. I, uh, I've been in that. Yeah, no, it was – they actually had a lot of, like – there was there were extra classes, right? It was, it was a thing. Uh, and they were probably – I mean, I for every class, it was, like, an extra 20-page paper. Uh, just to tack on, which was like actually not that bad for me because I'm I'm good at writing, but sucks for a lot of other people. Uh, you can be the judge yeah, of whether Josh is good of... at writing in our upcoming video game. Yes, you can be. You can be the judge. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, in terms of like uh, the difference between like the function, like the difference in what you get for being a Macaulay student versus being an honor student. Uh, is basically nothing. There... No, no, it's much higher. Are you serious? I was no, a normal no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, what you, what they give you, what they give you for being a Macaulay student. Like, yeah, you get, you get free tuition and uh, yeah, no, for and, honors and, students, and, you also get free tuition. No, we do not. Oh, we I don't get you free did. tuition. Oh, Josh no. didn't even was, know how good he had it. it. <laughs> yeah, you right, get free I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was under the assumption. And two door, two years of dorming for free if you're a hunter. Wow. Uh, Damn. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm surprised because I thought the honors students also, but I guess I was wrong. So uh, yeah, so like, for over us, here. we get like a thousand dollars a semester. Um, uh, and then, which is like for for CUNY, that's like a fourth of tuition because CUNY is very low tuition compared to mm-hmm. the rest of the country. Yeah, um, which and is then pretty, like oh, this is good. Yeah, and like we get we get priority for dorms, but we still have to pay for all four years. Mm. But well, yes. 
Josh, I, I guess I didn't realize how much better, like in terms of stuff they give you. Well, Josh, you can go reevaluate your life. You can go reevaluate. Yeah. This. I'm excited to I see. I mean, it does. That does existentially a updated. It lied to us about a lot of stuff. So I mean, it. it, it you it, missed it, but they gave you all a new lounge in the library. Oh. There's a Macaulay lounge oh on the with chicken nuggets, floor. man. It's, yeah. it's wow. like takes up half the floor. Wow. So All right, I, yeah. I missed out. Let's let's and they gave back us your in. old lounge. Let's talk <laughs> about some, really. Some... <laughs> that place was kind of crappy. As much as I love hearing about Josh's college days, yeah, that's not what we're get, here for. Let's get into uh, some, some for. other stuff. Yeah. What What do you got, Anthony? So, what is your What's your favorite part about running EGD? Like. Uh, is it the interaction with the industry professionals, just helping people, like, which is probably maybe it? <laughs> I, I don't. Th I don't think you're originally planning to include that option. I did but not. I'm glad you, you know, did I, now. I thought it was going to be like G Fuel or the industry professionals. Those would be Anthony's helping two, people. two favorites <laughs> as as CEO. <laughs> no, it's definitely like it's definitely like seeing the students like achieve things and get exposed to things that they wouldn't have if they weren't in the space um like i definitely come from a place of privilege like both my parents have master's degrees it was never really a question that i was going to college <laughs> like it wasn't even an option um but most of the students at cuny that's not the case um and so even even in, even though we're in new york city as well um a lot of students don't leave like the five block radius of their house or apartment except to go to school and back so when they first go to college when they're a freshman it's their first experience like meeting people who are different than them and experiencing things outside of like their their like culture really and so um whenever we bring students on like networking trips or to like conventions and things like that, you can kind of just see like their eyes light up a little bit because they're kind of realizing that games could be a career. Like a lot of them haven't even really thought about what they wanted to do with the rest of their lives because they didn't know if they were even going to go to college. And so now they're sitting here as freshmen being like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> um, and <laughs> games is definitely not the first thing you think of because um, there's like a, there still is a stigma with games as compared to other forms of media, and that's slowly going away with the success of like esports and like narrative-based games like Journey winning awards. But um, there's still a lot of uh, legitimization that needs to happen before people start to really take notice. Um, and so we we do get a lot of students though that do know that games is kind of like a valid path, but they think that there's only two ways to go about it, and it's being good at art or computer science. And I get a lot of students be like, well, I'm shit at math and I'm not creative. I can't be in games. I'm like, well, that's not true. You know, we need our lawyers. We need our marketing people. You know, there's so much more to do in games. And so by taking them to these events, they get to see that. Um, and it's just really, really cool to watch. That's so awesome. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Um, if you were to work in the games industry outside of what you're doing now, like if you were to work for like a video game startup company or something like that, what, what position, what would you want to do? Like what role would you want? Yeah. If they offered you any position you wanted. Right. So I currently, I actually work in events and that's what I do for my actual paying job. Events. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. I work in yeah. events mainly and um, marketing type things, uh, community management. Um, I, because I really do enjoy working with people, but I also really love the hecticness of events. Like everything's always on fire in events, and I love being in the background, just doing that the entire time. But also the pre-planning 
was really cool. Like, I love being able to, like, work with, like, the speakers and plan the schedule. I always loved making schedules. Um, I see. So some side of, of like... community management role would definitely <laughs> yeah. be, be what you would want. That's cool. That's really mm -hmm. interesting. Ben told us that you had a background. Maybe it was just an interest. Um, but I, I thought he said, like, even maybe some education in audio. Is that true? Yeah. So originally I went to school for my undergrad for video game design and music composition for games. And so I was doing sound design and music composition, but that kind of like flipped the more I worked with EGD. Like I kind of realized just how much I do enjoy working with people. Um, and so that, that kind of morphed a bit. Um, I do sometimes make music on the side for fun uh, still. And I participate in game jams sometimes to like flex those muscles a little bit. Um, but yeah, originally when I was applying to schools, I was applying to all the music schools. I was auditioning. I was doing the whole nine yards when it came to music composition. Um, and I still did study it up until senior year. Like I, I took I, I took like graduate level music theory courses for fun uh, and stuff like that. I am a giant nerd on top of it. So I was always like, I think I took like six grad classes by the time music I Music theory is the shit. <laughs> it is I love music theory. All the music, all the music majors like hate it. Like, they take it as, like, they consider it, like, their math, really? like, you know, like, how they have to, like, yeah. you know, yeah. do it. And they just love performing. And I'm, like, kind of the opposite. Um, Especially classical musicians. They hate music theory the most. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was it was always very apparent that they didn't want to be in the music theory classes. And I'm just sitting there, like, this is fun. This is, like, musical notes doku. <laughs> but... I, took, I took the music theory high school elective three years in a row because it, like, kept counting. <laughs> and and what? i loved it oh my yeah God. i took it three times two times with the same teacher but i just like i also got access to the allegro i think is right the allegro mm. it's like plays the music you notate yes. or whatever yes. right yep and so i just at the end i was just jamming on allegro i was like i already know this shit i have the answers from last semester oh these, these minor <laughs> thirds the are dope, anthony <laughs> thing i've ever heard in my life holy crap uh so do you play an instrument yeah, I I used to I kind of used to really play most of them. I haven't had much time to to really keep up with it, but I do own all of my instruments still. Uh, I played cello since I was nine, and that's what I played all throughout um, high school. How many um, times have you played the Halo theme on your cello? Oh <laughs> I have never actually played it. <laughs> I was never really into Halo or that any of like. Life... I'm, I'm not really like a shooter game. That's thing, fair. So we'll we'll I, get there. I, we'll I get to the that. Skyrim theme. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually played the Skyrim theme for my addition to Hunter. <laughs> Let's go. So cello and then anything else? Um, I I can play bass guitar. Um, I picked it up because I thought it'd be easier since it's still bass clef. Um, and then uh, I had Wait. to learn piano for being a music major at Hunter, yeah, yeah. and that's what made me drop the music major at Hunter. Because <laughs> um, my hands are very tiny, and I can't use two hands at once i'm very i'm very much a strings player at heart i would say after all that um but i also i like played like the clarinet until i was in seventh grade through from third to seventh grade i i was in choir for the longest time as well and i was i was in choir at hunter for a little bit just to keep up with music when i wasn't really taking any music classes because it was like one credit and a free cool. a <laughs> that's but, so funny that you say that you quit 
music because you had to use two hands separately on piano. I I play piano. I, my main instrument is saxophone, but I play some piano. Mm-hmm. I've like taught myself piano. But I recently decided to learn violin, and I feel like the the two hand separation on violin is way more complicated than the two hand separation on <laughs> piano. So I'm very surprised that you thought that you couldn't do two hands separate when you could do string instrument. <laughs> It's so interesting. I don't know why. I think it's also just because my hands are really tiny, and so I, I don't really have. I can't. A big piano yeah. Problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would make it yeah. very hard. Like my my finger, my pinky on this hand is actually double jointed now because of how much it had to stretch for cello when I was a tiny oh, nine year old child. Crazy. So like. <laughs> That's pretty dope. So. Um. So. All right. Uh, on to uh, you mentioned that you're not a shooter gamer, so we gotta know what top five three to five favorite video games okay i've got five okay. whenever people Go. ask me my my, my oh, favorite you're, game you're primed and ready see this she's is prepared. how you know she's a ceo because she already has she's has ready answers ready yeah. you know, people, people always ask me what my favorite game is i'm like i can't pick one because they're all different that's why we always you know, ask very five. different genres of game um if i have to pick an all-time favorite game it's probably civilization five um if if but I, I I also love Beat Saber with a burning passion. Wow. Um, Wizard 101 has been my long-standing game from when I was younger, and That's it's amazing. kind of permeated my entire life. Does that still <laughs> exist? Yes, it does. It oh does. my it god! Still exists, and they just got bought out by another company, and they're going to start making their uh, like really like pushing development again because they have been (laughs) they have been developing like one they add like a new world um like once every year or two um which is pretty which is a pretty i would say past development for an mmo still but now they're they just since they just got bought out they're like we're going to focus mainly on the mmos because they started foraying into like mobile games for a bit and now the new companies like we're ditching that so they're gonna put all the resources into that. so it should be interesting so we got we got um, civilization 5 we got beat saber yeah. we got wizard 101 um elder scrolls online okay. i love what'd I you love think of game. the announcement of like the update or whatever that's coming i didn't yesterday uh, so it, i didn't actually get to see uh oh. <laughs> i didn't get to see the update because um yesterday um was my dad's birthday uh-huh. oh okay happy birthday so, to him um so you're behind and, on the e3 news yeah i know I, I i ben told me there was nothing interesting that had happened there so i believed him but i'll have oh, to go check there's, know there's that some you, stuff there's, there's some a couple stuff. things that was interesting for me like because yeah. i don't that's the only like bethesda like ip that you i care about, about. really is yeah. elder scrolls yeah. so um, I never really got into Fallout, even though I know I'd probably like it because I do like open world and simmy type things. I see. But... What about what about Starfield? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I actually never got into sci-fi as like a genre. I don't know why, but it just has never really vibed with me. I've always been a, a fantasy type of person, which is okay. like why I really liked Elder Scrolls. Um, like elves are. My... I love elves. <laughs> elves. Elves. Especially the Lord of the Ring elves are quite badass. Okay, <laughs> so that's four. Yeah, What's that number five? Um, so it, it's always dear to my heart. It's Battle Block Theater. Oh, that game's amazing. Yeah, I I, I love that heard game. That one. Like my so it, it it's the platformer that was made by the same people as Castle Crashers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Narrated and... by Stamper. <laughs> Yeah, we used to at high school. We used to watch the cutscenes just all next to each other. It's like a movie funny. because of how funny they were. Yeah. Um, 
but I I really loved that game and it kind of like defined the high school experience for my friend group and I love that like the whale that was in the game in the mini game. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, the golden whale and like poops golden money or something like that because that was <laughs> But exactly. um I ended up getting Why? it on like custom converse um that I still own. <laughs> hey. What? That's amazing. <laughs> because I loved it so much. Uh, it was interesting. Considered... Like I had it the <laughs> No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's interesting. Oh, I was gonna say it has a, it has like the bass clef and like musical notes and the staff and the golden whale. Wait, like, do you have them? Can you get them and show I us? I do actually. They uh, should. Uh, they might be up here. Hold on. If they're up here, I want to see them. I was gonna ask her if she's considered taking a picture of it and selling it as an NFT. Oh my god! Because no, no, no. This is an NFT free podcast. NFT free podcast. They're a little old and dirty because I've had them since I was fifteen. But Ooh, wow, that's the best kind. Oh, oh shit, sick. those are actually pretty sick. Yeah, yeah that's, actually, that's, that's the, nice. That's a good design. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's those amazing. Awesome. If you're listening to the audio of the stream, sorry you can't see those, but check it out on YouTube. Um. So anyway, yes. so those are your five favorite games. Now to ask you a question, you probably don't have the answer ready for. I'm also curious what your top games what you think the best games are from a design perspective. Do you have like Ooh. any games you really, you don't have, this doesn't have to be five, just any games you really mm-hmm. think are amazingly well designed. It could be one of your favorites, but, mm-hmm. and if so, why, why, why do you like the design so much? I think I'm going to take this question a little more liberally and go into like audio design and That's fine. Uh, sound like totally. Music. I'm so fucking I've always... interested in this answer. <laughs> I've I always loved, loved journey. Um, and I've done hasn't a played lot it of, yet. I've yeah. watched enough Vidox to respect like the shit out of what, yes, out of it. <laughs> I've done like a lot of research into um, like the audio design of that game, especially for like my classwork and things like that. And I always thought how interesting it was that the sound designer and composer worked so closely together to make sure everything vibed. Um, but there was a lot of, um, I guess, like when you would approach something like, you know, the stingers, when you go and approach an object and like the, the audio gets triggered, how, how like seamlessly it would overlay over the actual score and things like that. And I really love interactivity in music. Um, I do a lot out of like nerd studying on ludomusicology, which is like the study of video game music. Um, it's got a whole, like they got conventions and the whole nine yards and like academia for it. But um they go into like really like deep questions about like is the player also a composer because they control where the character goes and how that triggers the music and all those kind of questions and so i've always really loved journey in that way and also because the cello solos i'm a little bit biased mm-hmm. um because God, has... you would love halo wintry was inspired by halo I got... <laughs> yeah i know i just haven't like <laughs> yeah no but that's awesome that's awesome um like that i said i have the opportunity to talk about halo no, I'm just saying the cellos are all over the fucking place on Halo. And the oh. the 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 composer of Halo wrote the, the there's this part in Halo it's like or whatever and he intentionally wrote it so that the cello player has to like sloppily get to the octaves or some shit mm-hmm. so it sounds kind of fucked up. Like he intentionally did it and he got pissed as fuck when he heard the anniversary version where it was two cellos. He was like, that's not how you do it. He's like, you, you gotta get sloppy, whatever. <laughs> that's amazing. Have you uh, so, have you played The Pathless? 
I have oh, not. Oh, yeah. That's, That's the got new some wintry, bitchy music. wintry composed game. The most recent one he composed for, I played it recently. It was very, the music is amazing in that game. I think you would probably like it if you like the Journey music. Never played the game, but I listened I to the Anthony soundtrack so after Skyler sent it to yeah. me. Yep. It's, it's good. It's really good. Um, um, yeah, go ahead, Anthony. Do you have another one? I'm just interested now because you said that. Another game specifically on the audio or music front that like you love. Uh, yes. I've 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 always loved the Skyrim theme and like the well I guess Elder Scrolls in general I've loved the the main theme and that was the the piece that made me want to become a, a composer for music because I was like it was kind of like the turning point in uh music composition history for video games and where you had like this giant orchestra in the in the in a game and up until that point it was a lot a lot smaller I guess like you couldn't really see the potential. Um, though I do have mixed feelings about it now, thanks mm. to all the news that came out about, you know, Jeremy Soul, but um I still really, really enjoy um that theme. And I'm interested okay. I'm interested in to hearing what they're gonna do with Elder Scrolls Six since they have a new composer for that now. Mm. Well, you you can we can tell you confidently that there was no Elder Scrolls Six information at E three, so Yeah, I heard that much. <laughs> There never will be. It's pro- yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's never coming out. Ugh. Yikes. Uh, right on. I'm sorry. Did I interrupt the question you asked, Skylar? I don't. No, no, I don't no. Think so, I was right? just gonna think. I, I mean, I can, I can move on to. You have some. You have an agenda that I assume you. I just interrupt it. So no, I, I, <laughs> on, on this note, like, uh, for me personally, I feel like a lot of the arts. When I say arts, I'm, I'm really specifically thinking about music, photography, uh, drawing and painting, um, and music like creation composing composition get to there they have this eventually you get to this point where you move beyond the theory or whatever and you sort of just need to do the work and you need to put things together and it gets kind of it's almost like borderline tedious and if you don't love that process it can be really hard to like persevere in that field, if that makes sense, and I, I felt that way in all of these musics, like the one I maybe got deepest on. But um, is that what turned you off from continuing to pursue composing music, or you just realized how much you love helping people, and that it was so much more than how much you already loved music? It was mainly just how much I enjoyed um, working with people, okay, uh, in general, and. While game design is a collaborative process, you know, there is a lot of sitting behind a computer and not really talking to people. And I I just kind of love the stop-go and, I guess, chaoticness of events. <laughs> um, and while things can definitely get chaotic in AAA when you get into, like, crunch mode and all that, like, I don't think that's a positive type of chaos, whereas um, even though events does have a little bit of crunching involved like it's for a lot less it's a lot shorter time period that it's not unhealthy um to do that so so that's fantastic i have a set of questions really more geared towards your perspective on certain things in the industry especially since it's clear that you have some industry connections you have some observations of i'm sure people moving from the collegiate side of things to industry etc etc um you know let's start on crunch specifically there's crunch is an interesting problem it's in my opinion it's not as 
easy to fix as it may appear on the scenes because game development has this element of like, it's just fun as fuck. And you might have this almost like uh, talking to um, specifically this animator who works in a AAA studio. He was saying there's part, there's times where out of pure enjoyment of the work, he's working 14 hours. Like he just loves animating the thing he's animating and he just wants to keep doing it. Um, you, the, it's, what 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 is what what do you think about crunch generally speaking especially you just mentioned this events crunch which my guess is you find somewhat exhilarating sometimes with dealing with the fires like you know wow wow, wow it's like crazy and it's kind of fun um i don't know what it how can the industry can game development completely eradicate it or is it something that's like inherently sort of mixed in messily with the whole thing in your opinion it's honestly like a, a multi-fold issue just because in game design it's a lot more complex than events in events no matter how much pre-planning you do something will always go wrong the actual day of the event so you're always going to get that that chaoticness of the day of but like with um with like game design and game development like project managers are supposed to be keeping it so you don't get into crunch mode and crunch happens usually when something goes wrong and obviously you can't always you know affect for everything that goes wrong but that's when release dates should maybe get moved or like you know sometimes it's impossible because you're working with the client but maybe you know um that's why it's such a complex issue because like you know you could there's only like when you're a project manager there's only so much you can do because you're usually answering to like a publisher or like investors um you don't have a budget to hire more people or all these different things um and it can get really complicated and that's why we need worker protections and that's why i'm very pro-union for the games industry because um due to the nature of games there needs to be regulation in order to protect the workers or else it's never going to get fixed because at the end of the day the bottom line is going to be the money the investors um because that's just how it is uh (laughs) but um i think that also because games is such a passion industry like you know it is very similar to the arts in terms of being a passion industry or like the film industry like people are willing to work a lot of hours for very low pay um and if somebody says that's not cool there's always like 10 other people waiting in line for that job that will do it for less money and will put up with it just because games are such a fun thing to be a part of um and like a software engineer like the i remember on twitter like a month ago like the game salary uh thing was going around again like a software engineer easily can make like six figures in a tech company but in games like we see people fighting for 40k um and it's for a senior level position and it's kind of insane um but there are people that'll do that and even in esports it's pretty bad i've seen some very bad contracts when i'm doing interviews that i'm just like excuse me like i remember this one contract um it was for a college that was starting an esports program and they needed a director um and they basically said, we want you to run our entire esports program for $1,000 a month, but that's also your entire budget. So whatever you don't use what on the, the program fuck? is your take-home pay. Not to mention that's, that, like, uh... 
it like esports is very similar to normal sports. Like, yeah, you need like somebody at the top that has a, h- a high level of knowledge, a, a broad level of knowledge of many different sports. But those those people usually can't coach every single sport because they're all vastly different. Yeah. And esports games are no different. And so whenever I see those, I'm just like, <laughs> um, but there somebody got it and they were doing it like i i kind of slowly backed uh, out of the interview when i heard that but i I, f- I found on linkedin the person that ended up taking that job and they did leave after their contract was up after a year <laughs> um and i could see why but like you know it's, it's there's always somebody that'll do that and that's why that's why i'm so pro union when it comes to games that makes sense that's an awesome perspective to have for my my opinion i'm i'm all for you know power to workers and stuff and i feel like there's a difference in a passion industry of like letting people work passionately and forcing people to work long hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just because, uh, Anthony's AAA friend likes working 14 hours. There's a difference between being able to do that voluntarily when you want to and being re- required to do that for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Especially I, with these new games where you have, like, Fortnite, for example, Crunch Never Ends, because there's always right. another release These day. games like, as a service kind of yeah. models. Totally, mm-hmm. totally true. Now, there are, I'm happy, it's interesting. Maybe because the examples I was literally about to spew, spew out, spew out, uh, are within Microsoft, and, you know, Microsoft's maybe got more, I don't know, You you can get in trouble at Microsoft for crunching your people more maybe because they're more, sh- I don't know, but like Mojang, they just had this like ask Mojang and they were working like 32 hours a week. They said, and that there's like a day of like just messing around a week where they just like mess around with ideas and stuff. You know, those, that sounds really cool, but I'm going to stray from the, I wanted to get back to actually what you just said. Cause I was going to ask you, what are some of the craziest horror stories you've heard of from either people you interact with, things you've experienced yourself regarding like industry related management or projects or anything like that. What you just described about that ridiculous esports contract's a perfect example. Have you like someone once told you, I don't know, I crunch twelve hours a day, seven days a week or more, like, you know. So um I've done a lot of reading when it comes to crunch and things like that. And I, I I'm gonna stick to stories that are a little more public because you know, they're not my No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've definitely heard of people working 100-hour work weeks during crunch. People have gotten PTSD, ulcers, have broken down crying in closets, haven't seen their kids in months. You know, it it's there's just like so much so many stories out there about how crunch wrecks people. Um and yet the fact that it still is like I think the stats like 46% of developers still crunch. It's kind of insane, but mostly every major studio will do this, and it's great that there are studios that are committing to not doing this anymore. Um, and unless I think unless there is a union, um, it's not going to change unless other people decide, you know what, I'm not going to work for a company that crunches. Which, realistically, that's probably not going to happen because everyone wants to break into the game industry, and it's super hard to do that. Because um, even if you do everything right, you know, you might still never make it in games because there's so many people that are just yeah. vying for a limited amount of positions. Um, yep. And it gets worse if you're trying to get to junior roles. Like, there's almost no junior roles that are ever open. Right. I actually just read about a video game company. They weren't named in California whose, like, um, 
amongst the ex- executives. This the person who writing it was not part of this company, but was talking, if you will, with their executives. Their strategy, their recruiting strategy was hire uh people straight out of college, entry level people straight out of college or like equivalent at this like ridiculous pay, work them at 120 hours a week until they got burned out and then swap them. You know, like I've find another person. Stories like that. Oh, yeah, it's fucking <laughs> crazy. Um, well, I, I'm going to interject here with a lighter note question before Anthony gets it. back into the hard hitting shit. Um, <laughs> all right, just, you know, this is my favorite question to ask any any human ever. It's just something I like asking people. What's your favorite food and what's your favorite animal? My favorite food is ice cream. Doesn't matter what kinds. I love them all. I would even expand that a little bit to just iced desserts. Okay. <laughs> but um, I, I do love ice cream, gelato, any of that stuff. Doesn't matter the flavor. I pretty much like almost all of them. Um, and then my favorite animal. It's a little bit hard because um, I do have a few. Um, I accept multiple animal answers. That's ooh, fine. Okay. Multiple. And they animals. can be like fused animals, like if you no, no fused feel... animals, real animals Cow only. With no, no, no. no chimeras. No chimeras. Yeah, here. no, no. I... <laughs> um, so I've always loved like lynxes. Mm-hmm. Those are those are one That's of cool. them up there, and then uh, otters and turtles. Mm. Um, turtles have always been, have always been Turtle. a hit with me. These are good um, answers. These are good I answers. Probably have to say like it's not like one of my favorite animals but i have to put it on the list just because like i've been around them for so long as horses like when okay. i was younger i was definitely a horse girl i i would say <laughs> you know um but did you have a horse no i didn't but i did uh i did do equestrian for most of my childhood um, i would take lessons um i do you know the jumping and the whole nine yards and i did participate in a show once and then like decided like you yeah, know that's not for me i like doing it for fun and not competitively. Um, and cool. I hadn't done it in like five years, three years, three years, yeah, th- five, five years regularly. And then three years ago was the last time I had done it until very recently. Um, I had started doing it again just to get some exercise from the quarantine um, and picking up a little bit because I did miss it a lot. But um, it is a very expensive sport. So uh, it is the golf of animal sports. <laughs> <laughs> That that's awesome. That's really cool. Those are good animal answers. I appreciate those. All right, Anthony, back to the hard hitting stuff. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I'm. We we talked about how do you? We talked about the bad, like some of the bad things you have, and maybe we can even talk more about it. But <laughs> how do you? Where are where are spots in the gaming industry that you see improvement happening? You know, this can this can be like generally speaking, the things that we hear about and stuff in like uh that are bad are the worker conditions. There's some like ethical diversity issues. Like, you know, there's all the recent riot crap and all that stuff. Um, Where do you see improvement happening? Do you see improvement happening? Do you think like it's just getting fucking worse all the time? Like it's definitely getting better. Uh, There's a long way to go still, but it is getting better. It's a lot better from what I've heard from more veteran people in the industry. Um, Like, I've heard from older developers that used to be like the only person of color in the room, and now mm. there's more than one. <laughs> um, and so while it's still there's not two. great, yeah, <laughs> yeah, also not great. You know, it is getting better, and um, I think 
it's because games are becoming more mainstream. Like the the badness of the industry is making mainstream news outlets now, and right, um, right. colleges are now making programs to go into game development or esports management, and because this a pipeline is now starting to exist um it's becoming more and more of a mature industry um and game development has been going there for for a bit now because like i remember like it was like 2008 was like really when they started taking off a little bit and esports is now starting um there's only a few a handful of esports management programs that exist um but the esports is still very much a wild wild west industry (laughs) Um, i mean one of the big reasons we decided not to go the publisher slash investor route is because it is so freaking wild wild west you know in the games industry it's it's some of the things you hear about especially on like the project management front like you mentioned you know i don't know we've talked about it before i'm like what the fuck are they doing like this is like the over in the software industry where we work you know there's strategies for this there's things you can do in it it really smells a lot of times like they just d- don't care to fix it. You know what I mean? Not that they can't somehow. It's that they don't care to. Um, but it's good to hear that you think that at least a little bit it's improving. In my opinion, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, the 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 protection of workers, unions, and stuff like that is is I, I think is also necessary. Somebody's always going to be taking advantage of that shit. And as the markets, especially like with cloud and stuff, continue, you're going to start being able to see like uh we we talk workstation uh, pc console level experiences on you know all over the place uh it's not just going to be your match threes and your clash of clans on mobile which means going to be more people trying to make games and cash in and whatever and this kind of shit's going to keep happening like as as long as the opportunities there for money it, it always keep happening but protections definitely need to be in place um I also so. think it's a lot better because a lot more people in the industry are willing to speak out about these conditions. Mm-hmm. Like, back and have in, the ability to maybe right back in the day, like you, you you can still like still to this day you say you know if you breathe the word union you can get blacklisted. But um, a lot more people have been speaking out and still have been able to work in the games industry. And by people seeing that, you know, um, mm-hmm. it will make people feel more comfortable coming forward with their stories. Like um, a lot of the telltale devs spoke out about what happened and a lot of them did get reemployed <laughs> somewhere else. Um, and so by seeing that happen, um, people will feel more comfortable. Yeah. I also think a lot of studios are way more willing to like uh, when they like, you know, do something for diversity or whatever, or add an option for your character to be female and people like get upset about it a lot more studios are now like just like hitting back and just be like this is stupid don't talk about that like there's no reason to be upset about this whereas before i felt like a lot of studios would like just like take that feedback and actually and they wouldn't really sit like shut it down that kind of like that kind of reaction i feel like a lot more studios are shutting that kind of negative feedback down now that and Mm -hmm. like actually defending like their decisions to be more diverse or more whatever yeah like i I believe, like, actually, um, like, women, like, 18 to, like, 34 actually are a higher percentage of gamers than teenage boys at this point. Like, that was the stat that was out. I um, just saw an ESA stat um, related to that, that at, at, when the PS1 launched, Sony said that 19% of the player base was female 
or something, if I remember it, this correctly, and that now it's 46% on the PS5. So That's awesome. Obviously. It's been a while, but yes. Moving yeah, like a right lot direction. of people, when they hear that stat, they're like, oh, it's just the Candy Crush players. And we're like, no, it's not. And while I do believe that, you know, mobile games should, like, mobile gamers should be considered gamers because they're all games. <laughs> yeah. um, if people feel like they need that, the legitimization of, like, you know, pew-pew games in order to call people gamers, like, that's, you know, it, the stats are changing there, too. So. Yeah. No, totally true. And we've seen that recently with, like, Valorant having female-only um, tournaments and stuff, esports tournaments, to try and mm -hmm. give females the opportunity to gain to get onto, like, actual esports teams after that and stuff. So it seems good. The game industry is definitely pushing for good things in, in some places. Right on. Um, all right. Next, uh, next interlude question. Um, this is our I – think, I think it's time, Anthony, so – why don't you ask the big one? Yeah, the big one. All right, big Kira. Question. All right, Kira. <laughs> so, if one of these foods, you can only choose one of the subsequent foods, the other one ceases to exist, never ever existed. You never got to experience it. You'll never get to experience it again in the future. And just because it's you, I'm going to throw in the wrinkle. Nobody else got to ever experience it. Nobody else will ever get to experience it. Realize you're impacting other people now. <laughs> Would you choose pizza or burgers to exist? People are gonna be mad at me for my answer. I know this. <laughs> no, we have people on both sides of the argument. Yeah, specifically yeah, either me or Anthony. One of us. <laughs> yeah, will be mad I, at I'm, you. I'm the most <laughs> in the middle on this one. I won't be mad at you no matter what. I don't know. Ben will probably be mad at me for my answer, but uh -oh. I, I'm, I'm gonna say burgers. You keep them? Uh, you keep no, burgers? I get rid of them. You get rid of them. Oh, you get rid of them. Ah, yes. I believe that's what Ben what? said you, as well, right? Uh, yeah, but you guys, all, you guys pizza. all live in New York. So <laughs> I, I'm like, keep, in my head, I'm saying, well, maybe they've had great pizza. It's just. Maybe. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, the, the answer is yes, so we've had great pizza. York, but, um, what, what's the best pizza place in New York, in your opinion? I don't know. Um, Top three? Top two? See, like... One pizza place you I'm enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking pizza, honest, but... <laughs> I'm not picky about my pizza and where I get it, as long as it's in New York State. And so, because of that, I don't know where I'm getting my pizza from. Why? Is it because of what was... Josh's sister once told me, uh, it's the water here. Our water is so good. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's not it, that. It's not. That's That's like an urban legend, right? Uh, really, the thing is that there is a long history of Italian-American culture in Brooklyn from which good pizza has spawned. That's probably true, but as, I find that a lot of pizza outside of New York State is, like, really bready mm, and, like, cakey, and it's not supposed to be that way. It's kind of like if Pizza Hut was worse. Interesting. What about, what about like, Chicago deep dish pizza? Have you ever had that? I have not actually. Oh, interesting. I've okay. Never been I'd to be Chicago. I'm curious on your opinion on that. Ben, Ben is in chat saying the best pizza place is the one down the block at all times. <laughs> Kira just has shit taste. Yes. Yes. He says I've seen what yes, yes. she eats. Again, I don't live in Brooklyn, Ben. Like you. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's a good answer. I like it. This is true. This is a New York trend for sure. 
Josh Martin also said he pizza, wavered. Right? He wavered. But he he chose up... burgers in the end. Oh, he did choose burgers. In yeah, the end. probably because I wasn't there to represent pizza. And ended. probably because he's fucking two hundred and seventy pounds, six foot five, and he <laughs> yeah, needs he needs some meat. You can get sure. meat in a pizza. Yeah, you but not that. not a burger amount. <laughs> But like uh, my issue, you know, Kira, is that at least all the pizzas I've ever had, they're just like bullshit appetizer food. It's basically like a big breadstick. And to your point of like it being a lot of bread, it's like a big breadstick with a bunch of cheese on top. And sometimes they throw some meat, but it's shitty meat. You know, it's like I don't know what pizza places you're going to, Anthony. There are good pizza yeah. places <laughs> even here that you that best. The best pizza places I've had are where you've got like just thin crust. And you can like um, blaze pizza, right, Skyler? And you can just like load it with all the toppings you want. So really, at that point, it's like the thin crust pizza is really just a delivery mechanism for the meat I've loaded. On I mean, top all of it, a burger you know? is is yeah. a delivery mechanism for the, the bun. Some buns are good. Meat. Some buns are good. No. And you get some smush. No. You know, you get like the meat. Like oh. I mean, <laughs> I, I choose burgers, but I don't see a very good. Ar- I don't. I'm not arguing hard for it. Just for the record. When you come to New yeah. York City, Ben says in chat that you guys are apparently taking me to get some. Oh, pizza. I want to go. We are that. going to. I'm we're going to give you a tour. Yes. We're going we're to have different stops for different. Apparently, kinds of pizza. Kira needs to come on that tour as well because Kira is invited. Let's yeah. go. Look, I will. I will go on food tours all the time. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, what do you what do you got next for us? We're 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 sort of we're coming in on the last few questions, I think. So you got what do you got for us, Anthony? I just, I think at at this point I just more want to give the floor. Is there anything, you know, EGD right now is mostly in the U.S. and Canada. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, how how does how does a person go about two things? What if maybe someone like I'm looking kind of at Sato. He's kind of crazy, you know. Like he might do this, but like he maybe he wants to go to a school that doesn't have EGD yet. Um, how what should he do? Should he DM you and be like, "I want to get EGD in here"? How do how do you get? How do you either join EGD at your school or like get EGD at your school? What can you do? Oh, um, we kind of have two different versions of membership. We have like the individual level and the school level. Um, and so individual is always free. Uh, and then there's like you know donation paid tiers. Of that afterwards but um most of what we do is just in our discord you know so joining the discord mm-hmm. and you get, automatically will get all of the announcements ever about all of the events that are happening and um the different services that go on um for example we have our support service coordinators and they are the ones that help with financial aid and uh transferring to a community college or balancing your schedule or help by failing a class what do i do um all the way to more serious things like locating a Title IX officer on your campus or reporting something to the police. Um, we pretty much will do anything that um, Damn, helps crazy. students focus on their studies. Um, and then we also do things like research assistance, like if students are um, doing a project for like a paper for like a core class, we can help them turn it into a game paper. Uh, we've Ooh. got a lot of a lot of experts on sociology of online communities at this point um oh, and people that have written papers on league of legends so um we can help out with that too right and on. then for egd as on the school level um we have two ways that that can happen one is a club out of school 
can be like, we want to bring EGD to our school and they can either, if they have a budget, you know, they can, they can, um, you know, donate money to that or they can volunteer with us and get all of the, the benefits for free. Um, we ask people to donate five hours a week of their time just to help us keep the place running and um, it provides EGD services to every single enrolled student on their campus. So not just their club students, anybody that is there. Um, I mean, we have so many, like our demographic skews young and we have tons of people all the time asking us about game dev related stuff who are curious about getting into it, you know, like as their career or whatever. EGD, I hope all of you little kids, I'm just kidding, to my our chat, are listening because EGD, it's, seriously, if I, jo I, I'm so proud of you, Josh, for having sought it out and going into it. Like, that's like, that I mean, seems I such like, like the fucking strat. Like, kind of by accident, you know? Classic. It was like, classic josh stumbling. i was just looking for people to play league with and i just like found this group of people i mean i just i was really impressed by the level of industry knowledge at waffle games you know like that was not i don't know who there was some there was some crazy sh like amount of experience there it's that's not just like some casual we got like i don't know somebody who 10 years used to you work know, like in one games, guy you know? who worked in games one time yeah yes no that was some awesome stuff in fact some of the people we've reached out to will be coming onto the podcast because we met them through waffle uh, games yeah, so anthony connected with yeah that's uh egd is i don't know i was really impressed with how legit it is and um, really, Kira, especially after the story, which is more or less just came out of the generosity of your heart. I know it didn't come out of Ben's heart. You can tell <laughs> Ben's the marketing guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the finance guy. I'm like, it's it's legitimately impressive. Like huge accolades to like you guys and the entire like team. Um, I just as as uh, Master Chief once said, I think you guys are just getting started. You know, there's. There's so much more to come. Maybe one day Kale Koala can like be a helpful sponsor or something when we actually make money. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we make very negative money right now. We can't, <laughs> can't help. We are running at a loss right now. <laughs> oh. So thank you so much, Kira, for coming on. Yeah. Where where can people kind of, find? Oh, you have one more. I want the last wrap up question. Do it. What is your favorite gaming memory? Mm. Okay. So like ever in your life. Any game for whatever reason. Oof, that's hard. I wish I had this one ahead of time so I could prepare and think. <laughs> <laughs> we're not about we're not about getting to think in advance. <laughs> oh, when oh. Ben's in chat by the way saying he's going to send us interns one day. Great, oh, down. <laughs> Paid interns only. If we don't, if we're not like Josh. Oh, yeah, no Josh's, please. They have to be like Kira. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding we love josh our game would be so much less far along if we did have if we hadn't brought josh, josh on. has got some talent he's, he's made more, like, than more progress the on the game recently than either anthony or i have so yeah oh, you guys have been doing other stuff yeah don't sell yourself short josh it's okay you're doing great man <laughs> no josh yeah josh it's kira taught you well did, yeah. did we stall long enough for you to come up with your answer <laughs> yeah, did we kira? Stall not really, but I'll just throw one out there, yeah, just I guess. I'm not there. sure if this is 
the story, but it is a story. That's okay. Um, so I remember, um, so the, the game that made me want to become a game designer in general before I got into music and all of that was Wizard on a One because I had played it for so long. Um, and I ended up starting this magazine, like this fan magazine for Wizard on a One. And I ended up like publishing it on Facebook pages, like Damn. Facebook pages when I was like 13, 14. That's amazing. And running it for like three years. And through that, um, I ended up um, connecting with a bunch of other people um, that played the game outside of the game a little bit. Because um, it, since it is a game aimed at kids, it's very hard to connect with people because they add 8 million blockers so you don't share personal information. Um, but we were like throwing like, you know, the MMO style, like, you know, throwing in-game parties and events and relay races and all those kinds of fun stuff. But um, I ended up making a friend on there that um, I still periodically talk to like now it's like once a year maybe <laughs> um because we're now both old <laughs> but um he was like i guess the first version of an internet friend that i had like back you know and so it was really cool to like from when i was like 13 years old and then we kind of like grew up together almost because like the last time i talked to him like you know he's a year younger than me um and so I remember, like, when I got into college, he was talking to me about his SATs, you know, and things like that. <laughs> where I was just, he was always, like, step behind me. And so it was just really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you if they want to find your stuff, if you want to plug any social media? And also, where can people find EGD's information? So you can find me everywhere at Zenjade, X-E-N, Jade. Um there's a dot in between Zen and Jade on Instagram, but everywhere else it's normal. Um, and then EGD. damn, I missed you on that. Damn, <laughs> uh, it's okay. <laughs> I'll and get then you. EGD is uh, just EGD Collective on every social media ever. Cool. Um, our Discord link is just discord.gg/egdc because we got that nice vanity URL. Nice. Um, so you can always drop in and do that. All right. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Do we have a Patreon question for today, Anthony, before we wrap up? Yep. Let me see. It would be cool Hopefully to... A short oh, one. I'm in the wrong... Uh, I don't wrong see any. ...chat. I, but I, I missed one. Hey, this is Marcus, and oh, I've been the my. first one on the Discord ever, and I make video for you guys, and I was wondering... What Skyler's oh. favorite food is? Oh, okay. I mean, I can answer this, I guess. My favorite food. I think we all need to answer. Starting well, with Kira Skyler. already answered, so Kira's good off the hook. Well, she's... Did you? Did you? Yeah, I you asked did. Favorite, I, I asked right, my right, most right. important yep, question. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, sorry, all right. Sorry. My favorite food... Uh, like, if I had to pick just one food, I, I would probably say sushi. But overall, my favorite food is Japanese and Korean food. Um, pretty much, like, everything that lives in those two categories I love. Um, both for cooking and for eating. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Also mushrooms. So mochi ice cream. Fucking love also mushrooms. <laughs> like prepared in a certain way? Yeah, any. Any preparation. Do dry mushrooms, yep. like the ones they sh sell at Costco, are fucking awesome. Yep. I'll take them over like Cheez-Its or Goldfish or any shit <laughs> yeah, any, any day. Any They're very good. If, like, yeah. Anyway, th those are my favorites. Um, Joshman? 
I'm sorry, you, Skyler. Question. I thought you were done. Oh, I no, you were done. I, I'm done. I'm uh, basically all I want. All I will say is, if anyone wants to ever talk about food, just hit me up. I love food. <laughs> if you are not seeing Skyler's food, food posts in the Food Channel, you are missing out. Skyler, I made fried rice at 2:30 a.m. on Saturday. It was the latest yeah, but I've more ever. Importantly, cooked. it looked fucking good. <laughs> like I, you know, one time we stayed with these friends in um, California. I they were from either Japan. Oh, I think they were from Japan, and they would make fried rice for breakfast. Oh, that was oh, so that fucking good. good, dude. I ate it like it. All right, Anthony, favorite anyway. food, go. All right, Josh, favorite food, go. Uh, if we're talking like the overall like type of food, I guess Italian food. Okay, and if what, what going, specifically? Going something specific. Yeah. Um, A spaghetti. <laughs> It's it's hard to pick something specific. Uh, Josh's mom makes some fucking fire food. She makes some good stuff. Uh, I I might have to disagree with you on that. Whoa! <laughs> all, right, all right, move I'm, on. I'm incredibly, I'm, I'm incredibly critical of my mother's food. No, she knows. She move knows. on. I'm move on. What's your favorite food? specific Italian food? Uh, Don't talk about my that. My favorite specific Italian food is. Maybe eggplant parmesan. Okay, uh, sweet. Yeah. I mean, I would have picked a cannoli, but I, fair enough. Cannolis are great, <laughs> but I thought I, I no, when I talk about fucking... favorite food, I leave dessert for a separate category. That's you know? fair. Gnocchi, gnocchi with like chicken, salting bocca, like some prosciutto, some fucking <laughs> what's it, basil and shit with like that good like butter sauce. What are you doing? I like Josh? that when Egg you said prosciutto, parmesan. your like South American accent came out. It, you were like <laughs> going Italian, it just sounded like you were Argentinian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as I recently found out in hunting Hitler, uh, there's a lot of Italians and Germans down. <laughs> In Argentina. Anyway, um, I think, you know, the reason why I'm struggling with this is because my favorite food to eat is like an Argentinian asado where you've got like steaks and morcillas and all that kind of stuff. That feels cheating because there's a lot of stuff. And I wouldn't choose it if I had to eat it every day alone. So if that if those are considerations, I'd probably go burger. Uh-huh. I, fi- I figured we would end at burger somehow. You would you would I'd probably go burger. I'd probably go burger. You can fucking have that. Anytime with variety, I it's mean, delicious. You can. Your heart might not, but but you. Yeah, can. we'll find out yeah. how much of a. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Anyway. That was a good patron question. Yeah, your patron questions don't have to be like games. Anyway, Anthony, tell us more about Patreon and where people can find us. You can find info about our Patreon and about our studio and all your good desires at kokoalaentertainment.com. You can also find links to all our social media, especially our Discord. Where let me fucking tell you right now. First of all, when you join, you're going to get this sweet less than five minute video breaking down everything you can do that I work fucking hard on. You will love it. And uh, it's, it breaks everything down, including this game that plays into the lore of the universe of our upcoming game for PC and Xbox, which let me just tell you, okay, there's an update coming to it that is blow your nuts off cool, okay? It's that cool TV gaming because this is how TV Same describes updates. And... <laughs> The update coming after that someday could legitimately change some of your lives, okay? (laughs) That's all I'm saying. In 10 years, the time investment you put into the Discord experience could really pay dividends in your actual real-world life. It can also also pay dividends now because you get more giveaway entries and can win money right now. That's absolutely true. At level 6, you get auto-entered into our giveaways, tri-weekly giveaways, which guess what? By the way, I actually forgot. Thank you for reminding me. Outside of the $25 giftways cards we're doing it, 
We're doing a giveaway today. We're doing it. We're rolling a Discord giveaway today. So, oh. yeah, you're missing out. Fifty choice of fifty dollar gift card plus your choice of merch. Oh, it's glorious, and we love giving it to you. It's the one ounce of Kira we have in us, you know, in, <laughs> in helping people. Hey, Anthony, this, this is why Anthony runs the money part of the company, and and. Not and nothing else. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. So come in. We we love giving you guys free stuff. Um. And uh. Yes. Uh, links. Patreon's included there. You get a bunch of perks. Thank you so much. Sincerely to all our patrons, especially those here in the chat right now. Thank you so much for helping us be our first goal, and we're actually like halfway through to our second Amazing. goal. You guys are awesome. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Kira, for coming yeah. on. You are awesome. You are actually awesome. Not just fake awesome. You are really awesome. EGD is awesome. If you are even considering it, you go check out the links that um, Kira provided. Go check out their Discord. It sounds like that's the central hub to be. You're going to get everything from there. Yep. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I echo everything Anthony said. It was great talking to you. You're very fun and interesting to talk to. And yeah, maybe, <laughs> oh, we'll, ha maybe we'll have you on again sometime for sure. Maybe we'll have you and Ben on and have you debate video game topics. That oh, sounds boy. like it would be, yes. it would be a, fun, <laughs> a fun podcast. Ben I think they and I are good at arguing. So. I, I, I kind of got that feeling. So. All right, anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Any any last words, Kira? Uh, join our Discord, please. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Same with us. Yeah. Join our Discord, too. If you want to join two Discords, join those. Leave all your other Discords. Join those, yes. too. <laughs> if you have Nitro, now there's 200. You have no excuse. Oh, that's true. Oh, very true. Yeah, the limit's up. Yeah. And All right. It's free right now. So. Ooh. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Talk to you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.